morning, everyone. The reading this morning is taken from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 4 to 13. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Thanks, Gail, and to David, too, for those beautiful prayers. Wow. So we've got our kids at home and they're watching, just like there's so much kids' TV these days. Does anyone know about that? <clears throat> so much kids. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> and then, you like, there's just endless stuff on YouTube as well. Uh, Mr. Beast, I think he's the um, most popular, most subscribed YouTuber. Who, who knows Mr. Beast? <laughs> Not that many people, but a few, a few hands. But kids' TV has changed a lot. But in, our, in my day, it were different. And uh, who remembers Record Breakers? What was the song? How does it go? Dedication. If you want to be... If you want to beat... I wish we had a... You want to be the best? You want to beat the rest? Dedication. Come on this side. <laughs> Dedication's what you need. And uh, Roy Castle had dedication. Actually, I, I knew his son, Ben, who had dedication. He learned it from his dad. And uh, he got grade 8 clarinet very young and then became a very excellent musician, saxophone player. Uh, so he learned that from his dad. So if you want to be a record breaker, what do you need? Dedication. Dedication. Absolutely. <clears throat> uh, if you want to be a disciple, a disciple of Jesus, what do you need? You need discipline. Discipline. The word disciple and the word discipline are connected. If you want to be a disciple, a disciple of Jesus, we need discipline. 
It's not something we like to talk about or think about, and we perhaps don't think about it very much. But this whole passage in Hebrews is all about discipline. The previous chapter in Hebrews talks about people who had faith, people in the Scriptures who uh, believed God. Some surprising people in that list, but they all had faith and believed and trusted in God. And then it says, talks about a great cloud of witnesses that surrounds us, so therefore us, let's run our race. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And then verse 3 of chapter 12, the verse before the passage we're reading says, consider him, consider him, consider Jesus, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. And then I don't know if you noticed the first verse in the passage that we uh, that Gail read to us. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Now, how does that sit with you? In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. Wow. Now, of course, for some Christians, and David prayed for the persecuted church, literally, Following Christ means possibly having your blood shed, at least suffering from persecution, maybe martyrdom. Certainly it was the case in the early church. Some people have taken this concept of struggling against sin and being very severe with it, we might say too far. I heard about a monk who decided that he never wanted to look at a woman lustfully. And so what he did was he chained, he took a chain, he chained his neck to his feet, and so that he constantly walked around like this. And so he, was, he was managed to achieve his goal of never looking at a woman lustfully, but terrible back pain. <laughs> and, uh, you know, wasn't very healthy. <coughs> we might want to say that that's a little bit too extreme. And yet, as I read this verse... I wonder, is struggle against sin even an issue for us? How much do we struggle against sin? In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. We can laugh, and I suppose I do, at those who took it too far in one direction, but how much do we struggle against sin? Or do we just say, oh, well, never mind. If there's no struggle against sin, if there's no conscious battle in our lives, spiritually, then we might want to ask what's really going on. Have you completely forgotten the word of encouragement from God to you? It says here. A word of encouragement is to give us courage. Often people have taken the discipline of God, the struggle against sin, and they've used that as a stick to beat people with. I know people who went to religious schools, and uh, my father-in-law went to a religious school, and those in authority, the priests, the nuns, maybe, man, they sound mean. (laughs) My brother-in-law never wants to set foot in a church ever again. He had it shoved down his throat day and night. The discipline was harsh. Ouch. 
But that kind of discipline is just really punishment. Did anyone ever get punished at school? <laughs> just me? No, a few of us. I did. Probably deserved it. <laughs> never, never. But sometimes punishment at school is just to kind of crush you. Sometimes discipline is just like, why can't you be more like your brother or your sister? It's not about um, encouraging us, but this is a word of encouragement. God's discipline is meant to give us courage. It's quite different. He disciplines us. Struggle against sin. Discipline. I wonder, have we strayed so far? And I speak to myself. Into a Christianity that's comfortable. That's consumerist. That's complacent. Where the idea of struggling against sin is so foreign to us. You know, if the devil can't get me to commit some really obvious sin that's going to get me into trouble... He'll lead me into just a place of comfortable complacency. And I repent of that. I recognize that in my own life. So believe me, I'm not pointing any fingers today. God wants to encourage us. And as Nicholas said earlier, if we are his children, he wants to treat us as such. And if he's going to do that, there will at times have to be discipline. And we're told here, don't make light of this. Don't reject it. You see, we've been thinking about how God is good. And if he's good, that means he's not a dictator. He's not going to force his discipline on you. You've got to sort of go with it. You've got to submit to it. The Lord disciplines the one he loves. He chastens those he accepts as a son. This is a word from Proverbs. Proverbs has lots of practical wisdom about parenthood, about money, about how you treat your neighbours and all the rest of it. And this is a word from there that um, the writer of Hebrews is quoting. The Lord disciplines the one he loves. If you're being disciplined by God, it's a sign that he loves you. He loves you. Now before we go any further, you might want to ask, well what does the discipline of God look like? You know, the discipline of a teacher, it's obvious. You, know, you get into detention, you have to write lines, whatever. But the discipline of God, what might it look like? It could look like a whole bunch of stuff. It could be different for different people. Different for us at different times. I'm going to throw one idea that I've experienced. God's discipline can come in a subtle form, but it can come in a way that says, you're not going to get what you want. You're not going to get your way. Someone's going to maybe disagree with you. See, God often uses other people. And they don't always smile and say what I want them to say. But when that happens, am I listening? Am I going to make light of that and say, well, that's just a, as my daughter would say, that sounds like a you problem. (laughs) Uh, Or am I going to say, well, maybe there's something for me here to learn. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Is God using someone? God has often used some very surprising people in my life to speak to me. And if I'm listening, then I can learn from it. 
So God can use words of other people. He can use for things that we thought it should happen like this and it doesn't work out like that. Life plan doesn't happen the way we think it should. God can use situations. You may think of other things that God can use. You see, because, well, is it God's discipline or not? Well, you know, kind of depends how you treat it. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. If um, he didn't, then you wouldn't be true children. You'd be illegitimate children. When I was growing up, yes, I, I was a bit of a wayward teenager at times. I remember sitting in my... Uh, so, it, we were in the back of the car of my girlfriend's best friend. And... Uh, or, or, so, her dad. Her, her name was Fiona, and it was her dad's car. And her dad, and we weren't 16 yet, handed out cigarettes to everybody. He said, hey, hey, you're smoking. Hey, I fancy a cigarette. Her dad, thinking back, just trying to be cool with the kids. Hey, fancy a smoke? And uh, I remember another guy. His name, we called him Taff because he was Welsh. But he was in our school. And uh, he bragged to me about his first acid trip that he did with his dad. <laughs> his dad said, here you go, son. Let's check this out. Let's take drugs together. Now, his dad might have sound really empowering and liberating and what a great parent <laughs> to do that for your kid but when your ch- parent as a parent you actually say no I'm not going to do that I'm not going to give you what you want we need that discipline don't we but it's not pleasant at the time as Nicola said earlier ah I might hate you ah. We resist. Our parents are the worst people in the world. Not pleasant at the time, but looking back, you realise, actually, this was the best thing for me. We have human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. The human fathers who don't discipline us, they might just want to try and be our friends, but we don't really, we end up losing respect for them. How much more, then, should we submit to God, who knows us through and through and knows what's best for us. See, our human fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. They did their best. I'm a parent, I'm doing my best. Is anybody a parent here and you're doing your best? You're doing your best. Do you get it right all the time? No. (laughs) Rubbish. No, you don't. (laughs) None of us do. Of course, we all make mistakes as parents, but we do our best. Whereas what is God like? He is a good, good father. He does it always perfectly. Just yesterday, I I wanted a a bit of apple at breakfast time, and I cut it open. It looked fine on the outside. It was a little bit rotten on the inside. Been sitting there too long in the fruit bowl. It looked like a good apple, but in terms of the inside, it was a little bit rotten. When we say God is good, we mean that he's good through and through. There's no rottenness in God. See, sometimes when we think about the discipline of God, we think, well, God's mean, he's got it in for me, he's cruel and he's vindictive. No, he's not. He loves you. God disciplines us for our good. And what's his goal? That we might sh- that we might share in his holiness. 
that we might look like Jesus, that we might become more filled with the Holy Spirit. God's discipline. Now, it can happen to us as individuals. Do you know what? It can happen to a church. It can happen to a whole community. God's discipline. Now, hear me right. It doesn't mean they're under God's judgment forever. No. Jesus has taken the judgment. He means he's treating us like children. His sons and daughters. He's disciplining us. Not pleasant at the time, but it's for our good. God wants, he loves us so much. But he loves us so much, he doesn't want us to stay just as we are. He wants you and I to be better than we are. And we can't do that by ourselves. We've got to do it by his work in our lives. I've signed up for the London Marathon. I've got a place. 23rd of April. Yes. And you might... I'm just showing off by saying that. Okay? But I won't be able to just turn up on the day. Will I? I'll have to do some training. Um, especially when I'm in trouble at home. I'll go out for a long run. And I'm going to have to go when I don't feel like it or when it's raining or when it's freezing cold. I'm going to have to go out for a run. I'm going to need discipline. I'm going to need to do that if I want to have that goal of being able to get through 26.2 miles. But for me, it's something I want to aim for. I'm 50 next year. Can you believe this? I know. (coughs) But uh, I thought, something I want to aim for. That's my goal. Well, the goal of God for his discipline in our life, for his training in our lives, is that we might share in his holiness. And get this, it says here, no discipline seems painful, uh, seems pleasant, sorry, at the time, but is painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Who wants peace? You want peace in the world? Do you want peace in your heart? It just doesn't come by just chilling out and smoking weed. It doesn't come that way. Tried it. It comes through God's discipline. Through God's training. Sometimes there ain't no shortcut. Who thinks we need more righteousness in us in our society? In dare I say it, in government at times. What about us? It'll come if we've been trained by God. See, being a disciple of Jesus means being a follower of Jesus, which means following his footsteps, which means being trained by him. He thinks you're worthy of it. He loves you. But he's saying, come, follow me. Come after me on this journey. It won't always be easy, but I will be with you. You're going to need some discipline. But God can help you with that. Strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees, therefore. 
get a bit of strength. Now, I don't know about you, but I really do feel weak sometimes. Really feeble. I need the strength of God. So is anyone up for this? Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus? He's not just looking, you know, for consumer, comfortable, convenient Christianity. That's not Christianity. It's not what Jesus recognizes. He's looking for disciples who say, yes, I will follow. Yes, I will surrender to you. Yes, I will submit to discipline where necessary because I know you've got my best interests at heart. Just going to have a pause for a moment. You know, earlier in the book of Hebrews, it says, quotes the Psalms. It says, today, if you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you, do not harden your hearts. I want to say that today. Today, if you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you, do not harden your heart. I say that to myself. Don't harden your heart, Dan. So, a chance to submit to the Father of Spirits. Submit to Him today. I'm going to actually ask you, to, if you would like to do this, you might see this, see this as a bit of tokenism, but I think sometimes to do something in the physical can reflect what you mean in the spiritual. There's never any pressure in this church, but would you like to join me and stand? Because you can, if you want to say, yes, Lord... I'm your child, and I want to submit to your ways in my life, to your discipline. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. And I'm going to stand for you, come what may. I'm going to stand for you, even if it costs me. In fact, it is going to cost me. Do you know, there may be things that you have been struggling with for years, and you've never caught victory over them. They're being just, just always, they've, got the better of you. They will if you don't deal with them seriously. If you don't submit to the Lord's discipline. See, that's what happens. We just stay in this place of a a, a cycle of whatever it is that gets the better of us. That's where you can stay. God won't force you out of that cycle, but today is an opportunity to stand and to give yourself to God and to his ways. To submit to your Father. Holy Spirit is moving.
There's no manipulation. Or if you feel manipulation, I promise you, I have no intention of manipulating anybody. I'm standing <coughs> because I want to submit to the way of my Father. Holy Spirit, come and strengthen our feeble arms and our weak knees. Lord, you're looking for an army that's strong in you. Not in our own human resources, but in Holy Spirit. Who wants to deal with, and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands or anything, but just in your heart, think about this. Deal with something that actually you've struggled with for years. It says here, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Would you be willing to shed your blood to deal with this sin? Just think about that before God. Yes, Lord. He's treating you as a son. He's treating you as a daughter. He's your father. He's good. His purpose is not punishment. His purpose is your freedom. His purpose is your holiness. See, the world is not attracted by a church that looks just a little bit like a second-rate version of itself. The world is attracted by a church that reflects the holiness of God. Lives that shine for Jesus. And if we want to do that, we've got to submit to the Father. So bless you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in my brother's and sister's life. Thank you for what you're doing in my life, Lord. We praise and give you glory. I want to invite the band to come. We're going to sing a song. I want to also give a little bit of opportunity if anyone wants to share anything. Just set that thought in your mind. But we're going to sing first. Um, and uh, so there will be ch- opportunity if anyone wants to come and share you don't have to never, never have to but if you feel that there's something that God's got on your heart maybe for the church you don't know just give it a try come up the front but we're going to sing and we're going to surrender an opportunity to respond to God um, I bow down I surrender Lord be the Lord of my heart